We're now joined by Auburn Baseball's own Ryan Bliss. Thank you so much for taking a, a few minutes to hang out with us. How are you? I'm good. How about you? Thank you guys for having me. Of course, of course. So uh, we're, we're huge fans of, um, uh, of course, of the Auburn Baseball program, but specifically of uh, of your head coach, Butch Thompson. I mean, you've played for him for a number of years now. You know him well. What's it like playing for a guy like Butch? Oh, it's amazing. Uh, you know, uh, Butch is uh, he's an amazing guy, amazing coach, and, you know, uh, part of the reason why I chose Auburn and chose why to come here, you know, I've, I've, it's been the best decision of my life, and you know, I love playing for the for him. Yeah, yeah. So uh, this past season didn't really go a, as you guys had planned it out. I mean, how has that been? You know, uh, kind of talking with other upperclassmen, and and how have you handled that personally? Yeah, I mean, it definitely wasn't what we wanted. It wasn't the goal we we set out for, but you know. Um, it, it was a lesson learned. Uh, we learned how to get, how to battle through adversity, and you know when things aren't going good, how to come out every day and um, and, and try and want to win and expect to win every day. And that was a big a big thing that us upperclassmen tried to hold together. It's like we come to the field every day and try to win. And you know it was tough. You know we lost a lot of one run ball games, and you know it was by game inches, any game could have went the other way, but it just didn't fall for us. And it was tough, but you know we learned a lot. And at the end of the day, it's baseball. You know, and the team struggled this year, but you ended up being a second-team All-American. You're the fourth-ever two-time All-American at at Auburn. How do you, looking back at this season, what do you think that you did well, and what do you think that you wanted to do better and could have improved on? Yeah, um, you know, when I look back, at this, for sure this year was my, my offense. Um, you know, I, my, my power numbers were, you know, off the charts, and I exceeded my, my goal this year, and you know, I was able to put it, put consistent at bats together, and um, you know, I just I wanted to I want I wanted to be a spark plug at the top of the lineup, and you know, I feel like I I was able to do that, and you know, give my team the best chance to win. Um, you know, I wish I could have sh- shut down on um on some of the strikeouts that I had. Uh, you know, I, I felt like I had one too many of what I uh, of what I wanted, and you know, other than that, you know, it was a pretty good season for me. Absolutely, and talking about that. That power, you know, your age 19 season, you were hitting home run about one every 80 at bats, and this year you were up to one every 15, and right Ooh. behind Tyler for the team lead. Uh, how much of that power growth over the last three years was you making adjustments to your approach at the plate, and how much was just kind of the natural development of a 19 to a 21 year old? I think it was, you know, it's kind of even, um, you know, for sure. Most some of it was, you know, uh, my development. You know, I. Freshman year, freshman and sophomore year, you know, I kind of really wanted to, you know, learn how to hit the, at, the, at the SEC level, and I figured I figured out how to do that, and um, I felt comfortable with that. And the next, it's always time, always time to improve, um, you know. And it was and the next thing was was the power numbers. I wanted to be able to put balls in the gaps more consistently um, at a higher rate. You know, the off season quarantine helped a lot because I had a lot more time to work on it. Um, you know, over Christmas break, you know, I was just really, really working on. Creating the same bat pass consistency and um and putting backs on balls and of course you know just be just growing up you know I, I was here at eighteen nineteen and now I'm you know twenty one this season so I mean I'm sure that played a lot into it just you know just the anatomy of things so that also sure. helped as well. Ryan, you mentioned quarantine, you know, using that time to get better, but. I'm sure that was tough, and we've had Butch Thompson on to talk about this. We haven't had any players that went through this yet, but you guys are in the middle of your season, about to you know really hit it with with conference play, and all of a sudden the the season gets canceled. What was like? 
Well, I mean, what was that like as a as a player? Yeah, it was it was it was weird. You know, it's just something that you weren't expecting, and um, you hear it all the time. It's it's, it's weird. Um, you hear all the time, you know, don't don't take the game for granted. It can get taken away from you. Oh yeah, time. And it, it did. You know, I just I, I you hear that as a as a player, you know, as a teenager uh, playing ball, you're like, oh okay, somebody older just saying that. But yeah, that the quarantine really, really 2020 really showed you that it really can get taken away from you, and um, don't take any game for granted. Don't take any pitch, any. Any time you're on the field for granted, and that's one thing that I that when we got back out of 2021, um, and taught me, and it was tough, you know, trying yeah. to work out and um, stay motivated, and I mean that's you had you had to find something to, to keep you going during quarantine. Sure, right, Ryan. We're uh, we're a few weeks away from the uh, the MLB draft. A lot of folks saying that you're probably going to go somewhere in, in that second round. How are you? Uh, using this time to to prepare for that, are you working out? Are you talking to folks? What all does that look like? Yeah, it's a, it's a bunch. It's a lot of stuff that goes into it. Uh, you know, right now I'm just taking a break. Uh, I'm about to go on vacation, and then you know, right next week I start right back to training. So um, you know, that's every day, just trying to find a routine, working out, hitting, throwing. You know, just doing baseball stuff to stay in shape because you know, usually you know, other guys in the draft are still playing right now, so. I have to find something to, you know, get my body still, keep my body still in baseball shape leading up to the draft, and, you know, just, um, just, just talking to family, you know, here and there, talking to, um, you know, some area scouts, and just staying in touch. But other than that, just working out. Where are you vacationing? Uh, I'm going to the beach. I'm going to head up to Myrtle Beach, and then um, good for you, man. Island for a little bit. Yep. Good for you. Yep. That's always fun. Uh, you know, so as it's you're doing the, this workouts for the draft and everything. I've been asked by some folks, like, you know, your game and specifically what you do, who it reminds me of. And I've talked a lot about, you know, Tim Anderson or maybe Jazz Chisholm. Yeah. But offensively, it your your swing reminds me a lot of, of Mookie Betts. Is there a specific yeah. player that you've modeled your game after or that you've tried to take some stuff from as you've developed while in college? That's so crazy you said that. It's, it's, it's Mookie Betts. It's, it really is. Um you know, he's not the biggest guy on the field, and he has to use his whole body um, to maximize his 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 power and his success. And uh, that was a big thing for me was how I used my whole body, my lower body, into my swing. And you know, I, I watched a lot of Mookie Betts over quarantine, just trying to see what he did and try to see how he efficiently used his body. And that kind of helped me out a lot. It's, it's crazy that you said that. I I model I honestly model my whole game off Mookie Betts. Well, there you go. That that leg kick yeah. kind of kind of gave away some of that, you know. And and uh-huh. when you're talking about that development and and learning how to incorporate that lower body, what does that look like from a coaching perspective? Is that you know you and Gabe Gross in the cage? Is that you and Blake Logan on you know with with film study and some of the machines? What does that look like when you get on campus and you're doing that work? It's a it's a lot. Um, you know, the biggest thing for me, uh, you know, Coach Gross will always say, hey. Uh, get on time. You know, with leg, you really have to be on time. So if I would get out of swing or out of whack for you know a, a game or a couple at bats, um, we have we've worked so much, and he knows exactly. Hey, um, get that leg kick and get on time. You know, hang it a little longer so you can like actually feel it and get in your legs. So um, you know, working with working with Gabe for three years, he understood me. I understood him, and we were able to work together. And you know, Blake Logan with uh, analytics, and uh, we even had to the virtual reality goggles to help you with timing to see the pitcher right before the game. You know, all that played a big factor into the season. Talk a little bit about, if you don't mind, Gabe Gross 
as a coach. He's done some stuff for us uh, in the past before he got into to coaching as far as, you know, on the broadcast side of things and, you know, talking as a, as a former player. Now he's a, a, as a coach. What's he like to work with? He's amazing. You know, and it's, it's awesome to see because he's been through the same process. Um, he's been in our shoes. He, he understands us um, from a player standpoint. I mean, he played Auburn. Um, and then he went to the you know the the World Series with the with the Rays. So he's, he's he knows what it's like to be a player, and he understands struggles at times. He understands when you get the highs at times. So it's awesome to talk to him and pick his brain about stuff, and he knows what he's talking about. I mean, he's a great hitting coach. Um, he understands everybody's swing, and you know he's he's able to get the most out of you. You know when he works. Talking about spending time with him, has he given you any specific tips on how to make contact against velocity? Because I seem to notice you have a, a knack of catching up to those 95, 96, 97 mile an hour fastballs. Has he given you any specific tips on how to do that, or is that just something that you're able to do with your natural bat speed and your the speed of your hands? Oh, no, for sure. He, he, the tips he gave me over the years, um, you know, it's not as much as people think it's mechanics, it's really not. The tips he gave me on on high velocity is, you know, it's all mental. Um, you know, it's it's, it's going to be quick, but you got to just be able to be on time. And, you know, that's not so much as mechanics as it is mental, just telling yourself, hey, like, you got to get started early and, you know, get your foot down. So, um, you know, he's taught me a lot and um, and how to see the ball deeper and trust yourself. So that was the biggest thing. And, you know, um, you know, naturally uh, I was blessed with, you know, with hands that would be able to get there. But um, he has, you know, taught me to be able to see the ball deep and understand that you can get to those pitches. Absolutely. And, you know, kind of pivoting for a second away from some of what you've done to the team, who are some of these these younger players, some of these freshmen and sophomores that we're not talking a lot about that we really need to be paying attention to? Yeah, uh, Garrett Farquhar. Um, you know, he's, he's not a younger guy, but he didn't really get that much playing time this year. Mm-hmm. But look for him to be um, – to be really good and on the field next year. I mean, he, he started in the championship uh, in the SEC tournament and you know had two big hits. Um, you know, he as the year got on, he just only he only got better and better. And um, you know, look for him. And you know, on the pitching side, uh, you know, Carson swinging through really well. I think he's going to have a major jump once he gets some work done this summer. And, and I'm excited to see what he does next year. Absolutely. And and talking about you know. Over the summer, we've talked about you're probably, you know, looking at the MLB draft and things like that. You spent some time in the Cape Cod League your freshman mm-hmm. year and, you know, swinging with the wooden bats. How was that adjustment going from metal to wood? And how do you think your game is going to translate once you're using wooden bats full time? Yeah, I mean, playing in travel ball um, at, at, uh, in high school and stuff, at East Cobb, you know, we use wood bats all the time. It's, it's different. I mean, they're always different. But I think if you talk to a lot of baseball players, they would – they would agree that they like using wood better. And I I personally like using wood better. I just like the way it feels in my hand. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's definitely going to be an adjustment, but I don't think it will be something tremendous to where it's going to affect my game. So, you know, I'm, I'm ready for it, and I think it'll be fine. Absolutely. Um, what was the biggest thing that you kind of um, took away from that, that experience of playing with a bunch of other players from other schools and, you know, some of those higher-level prospects? What was the biggest takeaway from the Cape Cod League and your time there? Uh, it, it, it kind of, kind of, it kind of resembles, you know, a minor league type of season in a way, you know, playing with different guys from different areas, seeing that there are guys that could play all around the country and you playing every day and you have to be on your A game because, you know, they come to play as well. So that, um, that, that, that showed a lot. And, um, you know, you just kind of learned, you know, that, you, uh, this is the lead of the league. And if you want to be with the best, you have to play with the best and, 
uh, stay up with them. So that, that taught me a lot with the Cape. Absolutely. And you played second base at the Cape as well as your your first year here at Auburn before moving to shortstop. When you get to the MLB, do you see yourself uh, as more of a shortstop or a second baseman? And you know, and what's your preference? Or do you have one? Yeah, I mean, next level. I just see myself as a middle infielder. I yeah. I don't have a preference, a short or a second. Um, I play both positions at a high level, so um, you know, I'm able to do both. So I really don't have a preference or uh, where I think I should be. Um, I do, you know, I, I do see myself in the middle infield, mm-hmm. but as long as, I'm, as long as I'm in the lineup, you know, I'm happy, and we're all happy. So. Ryan, do you have a nickname? Do I have a nickname? Yeah. Uh, um, not really. Everybody just calls me by my last name, Bliss. Um, you know, I think George SID tried to give me a nickname, Mr. Smile Jr. or something like that, but that didn't really stick. So for the most part, I don't really have a nickname. Everybody so, just calls me Bliss. Uh, both on the podcast and the morning show that we host, Ryan, we've been referring to you as uh, with a nickname, and we want to get your permission if it's okay for us to keep using that. Okay, what is it? Yeah, so whenever I refer to you, I've been required to call you Short King Ryan Bliss. Um, <laughs> okay. Is, is that okay, or would you prefer that we stop that? Oh, no, I'm, I love it. I do not, that sounds amazing, All right. honestly. Short King Ryan Bliss. So yeah, that works. We're, we're, I like it. We're going to keep rolling with that. So Yeah, let's make it, let's make it stick. <laughs> Well, man, best of luck to you. Uh, you know, as you prepare for the uh, for, for the MLB draft and and uh, potentially life uh, life after Auburn. Uh, best of luck. I know a lot of uh, a lot of fans really really um, enjoyed watching you play. And you know, baseball, as you know, you know better than anyone. It's it's kind of the the sport where fans and players typically have a closer connection than than a lot of other sports. Um, but for all mm-hmm. the Auburn folks uh, listening. To this show, I mean, what would you tell them, you know, uh, as far as folks that have supported you over the last few seasons? I just want to say thank you so much for every, for all the support you guys have uh, given me over the years. It's been amazing. Um, I felt right at home as soon as I stepped on campus. And, you know, uh, I, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else but Auburn. And, you know, I'll forever be an Auburn man. And, you know, I, I love the community. I love the atmosphere. And just thank you, thank you, thank you for everything. I love you guys. I'm War Eagle. Ryan, thank you for your time, brother. We appreciate it. All right, thank you guys.